Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osband, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masach HaKitubot, daf Samach, page 60. So I just want to refer back to our previous daf, uh, Nuntet, which was uh, talking about this whole discussion about nursing and a machlokas between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. Um, and, uh, you know, and whether our Mishnah was, uh, which talked about, you know, whether or not a man, uh, well, it says that a woman has to nurse a man's children, right? Those are one of the things that she's obligated to do for her. And um, Beit Shammai basically says that she doesn't have to nurse if she doesn't want to. And so it's clear, therefore, that our Mishnah isn't, uh, doesn't agree with the opinion of Beit Shammai. That's what the previous stop sort of concludes. Um, but they had quoted a brisa where it said, that if the baby recognized her, the husband can force her to continue nursing even after they are divorced, but he just has to pay her for nursing. And so the Gemara at Ardaf starts with the following question. How old does a child have to be so that we can assume he has some ability to recognize the children? And again, as a pediatrician, I found this to be fascinating because some of this is sort of like discussing child development, right? So it's sort of asking the question, when do children recognize their parents? Now, the ages that the Gemara are going to give, I think, are actually later than what we know parents. Uh, most babies actually recognize their mothers very, very early on. Um, so it says, I'm a rabba, I'm a rabbi, I'm a rabbi, right? So they say this first opinion that it's three months. Ushmuel says at 30 days, right? Which I think we would say is more correct. Third opinion of it being 50 days. So the halacha seems to be according to this last opinion of 50 days. Right? So um, so we say, okay, the Gemara basically says, okay, this opinion of Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan, right, who have a disagreement between 50 days and three months, right? It's possible that each baby, right, there's a little bit of a difference in English would be translated in its intelligence. In other words, what we're basically saying is, is that different babies will develop differently. Some will do this at 50 days, while some may need up until three months to recognize their mother. So I thought this was also interesting that the Gemara sort of recognizes variation. Right, but according to Shmuel, can you really find a one-month-old that recognizes its mother? So when Rami Bar came from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, he said the following, Don't listen to these principles that my brother Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, right? Because maybe it's that Shmuel didn't actually establish this or teach this. Really what Shmuel said is whenever he recognizes her. There's actually no fixed age, right? You need to check in on an individual basis. Some babies may recognize their mother at a very early age, and some may actually not, right? And so then the Gemara goes on and gives a story. There was a divorcee who came in front of Shmuel, and the question, the case is that she didn't want to nurse her child. So Shmuel says to Rabdimi Bar Yosef, Zil go and check her, right? See if the child recognizes the mother. So we went and put her in front of a row of women, 
takes the son out and passes him near them, right, to see what would happen. When he reaches her, right, and he looks at her with joy, and she turns her eyes from him. It's a very, very sad story, actually. So the baby sort of recognizes the mother and wants to be the mother, and the mother basically doesn't acknowledge him. Amarle, right? And so he says to her, right? He says, lift up your eyes and get up and take your son. It's clear, right? It's clear your son knows. You. Now, very sad story again. Like, obviously, this woman, I, it's one of these stories where, yes, they don't give the woman's perspective. Wouldn't you want to know why this woman doesn't want to nurse her child, why she's using nursing sort of as a, uh, I guess, I don't know if you want to say like uh, as an issue within the divorce. I mean, I've actually have seen from a medical perspective, divorce cases written up where uh, people separate at a very early age of a child's life. And it becomes a question about a woman's ability, the mother's ability to nurse if they're going to have to share custody with the father. And here we sort of see the opposite. And so this story makes me sad because I really would love to know what was happening in the woman's mind that she was behaving this way, because I don't think this is actually typical behavior. And then the Gemara, and only the way the Gemara can ask sort of the ultimate Gemara question, Suma Minayata. So how does a blind baby know to recognize the mother? So first of all, it's interesting because when they talk about Makira, we, up until now, I assumed, okay, it's how a baby recognizes the mother through the mother's voice, through the mother's smell. You know, we don't assume that it's through vision. Now the Gemara asks the question of, well, no, when we talk about recognizing, we mean it through vision. If you're going to say it's vision, then even 30 days is too young. We know that most babies don't really probably see the way that we think of vision until six weeks of age. So it, you know, that's what's interesting about vision. And then the Gemara sort of answers it, Amaravashi, Bariche Ubitame, right? It's through smell and through taste of her milk, which is really probably how most babies do recognize their mothers at the beginning. And then Not the voice. Point, I always right, thought it was because of the voice. It's no, but it's smell, voice, all of those things. Uh, then the Gemara wants to go on and then say, how long can a baby nurse for? Right? So we learn in this brace, a, a baby can nurse till 24 months. From there, afterwards, it's like somebody who nurses uh, a shegat. It's like a, a, you know, a creepy, crawly, non-kosher animal. Very, very strong terms. Right, Divrei Rabbi Eliezer. This is what Rabbi Eliezer says. Rabbi Yeshua Mer Afilu Arba B'Chamishim. Rabbi Yeshua says, "No, four or five years is okay." Perish la'achar stream barba chodesh b'chazar kionik shaget. But he says that it said if the baby was weaned after twenty-four months and then goes back to nursing, then that's considered to be that you're eating uh, from a non-kosher animal. So I, there are definitely people who are, you know very supportive of breastfeeding who are not going to be happy that the rabbi spoke about it this way because we do know there are children who it's not common in Western culture, but in many, many parts of the world. And for thousands of years that babies actually and children, toddlers really nurse until age four or five. Um, and that is the norm in many cultures. Um, but this idea of like a yonake shagets, right? That it's sort of like you're nursing from a non-kosher animal or a creepy crawly uh, it, 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 you know, it's, it's not such a nice term to use it, but it shows that there is something that 
Chazal was uncomfortable with, with either prolonged nursing or the idea of nursing, weaning, and then going back to nursing itself. So I just think this is a very interesting passage uh, that I think shows a lot about sort of attitudes towards nursing. I think there's an understanding this is what mothers should be doing, right? We see that particularly in that story where a mother seems to try to reject her baby and Reb Dimi basically says, no, like the baby recognizes you have to take the baby. Um, and then issues around prolonged nursing. I mean, even 24 months, most women nurse much shorter today uh, in our culture. That's for a variety of reasons, uh, which we don't need to get into now. But it's just interesting to say, like, I think 24 probably sounds long to some people, even when they see that in the Gemara. Um, I'm just going to comment that, you know, it might be something that women were supposed to be doing as far as the Gemara was concerned. But it, as you pointed out the other day, this was also before the era of formula, right? We're not getting into the nursing versus formula wars here at all. It's yeah, really a comment on it. And when we say that, I also have to say, and this is also before the era that women worked and like, particularly like, let's say in a place like the United States that has terrible maternity leave. So a lot of women end up not nursing because they have to go back to work. So it works both ways here. <laughs> right, right. Uh, meaning the the conversation here about the, let's say, the value judgment, such as it is uh, for women nursing, is in a different circumstance than anything we can apply today. Um, I want to pick up, Yordana, not too long after where you've left off, because I think that Rav Sheshit has a really interesting comment on exactly this point about you know, the, the question of whether nursing is, you know, somebody who has been weaned and comes back to nurse is like a sheketz, like a, eating from a, a non-kosher, creepy crawly, whatever. Because Avama Rav Sheshet, he says, He says, there's no reason, there's no halacha that says that you have to separate prisha, right, to abstain or refrain from ingesting, consuming human milk, meaning the concern is, and the commentaries point this out, right, that the issue is not about the milk itself. The question is, you know, who, whether milk is being obtained via, let's say, a cup or a bottle receptacle that a woman has that, let's say, expressed milk into versus somebody, an adult, let's say, who comes and nurses from her breast, which is considered, you know, worthy of lashes. It's considered inappropriate shall we say, and the idea of nursing from a non-kosher animal is part of the question of somebody who comes to nurse from this woman as opposed to ingesting the milk, right? So that's, a, I think, an interesting distinction, right? The concern is not over the substance itself. And the Gemara goes on here to talk about, you know, what happens when we've got, so the milk that's re removed from a person's body, what happens when we've got blood, right? Um, it says this is the opposite from blood, meaning if you have human blood that is removed from the body, you can't then go drink that blood, right? And the question is, what happens? What happens if you have a, a dot of blood on a loaf of bread? I'm thinking, you know, someone who's got bleeding gums, let's say, and and the, you're talking about a crusty sourdough piece of bread type of thing, and now you've got a dot of blood there. So the if you scrape off the blood, then you eat the bread. You're not worried that it contaminated the whole blood, the whole red, but you don't eat that blood. But if you still had, if you have bleeding gums in your mouth, whatever, then then you can just, you know, chew your bread and swallow. You don't have to worry about it. Um, so the the idea of what bodily fluids are, you know, consumable, you know, from within the body or not within the body, I think becomes an interesting question. Likewise, I want to point out that the Gemara goes on here to say, Amar Mar, Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Afilu Arba V'chamesh Shanim, um, 
Mara said that Rabbi Yoshua said that a child could continue to nurse even for four or five years, not taking a break, not being weaned, right? The point is that a child who is, you know, presumably having solid foods along the way, but is also nursing through to this age of four or five years old, the Rabbi Yoshua says, you know, even if he can carry a package on his shoulder, meaning this is a, a sign of, it's a sign of being old enough, right? For it to, to handle himself as opposed to a baby, right? Or even a toddler, if he can carry something on his shoulder, he's clearly of a certain strength and a certain mobility. And even so, the Gemara says it's not a contradiction, meaning the idea that somebody who can carry something on his shoulder, shouldn't that child be too old to be nursing? And the Gemara says, no, there's no real difference there. I'm a Rav Yosef halachic Rav Yoshua. And Rav Yosef says halachic like Rav Yoshua, that a child who continues to nurse to this older age is considered to be, you know, it's it's considered acceptable. So as I said, we're not getting into any nursing wars of contemporary society, but the range of opinion seems to be recognized within the Gemara. Um, I want to jump down a little bit towards the end of Amun Aleph, where we have just one, and just make one more point here. Tan Rabbanan me neket shemait ba'ala the Gemara says that a woman who is nursing and her husband dies within the 24 months that the child is still nursing or presumed to be nursing, right, is not able, is not allowed to get betrothed and cannot get married and until until the 24 months from the, chi- from the day that the child was born, at which point the 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 time of weaning is presumed, right? Divrei Rebbe Meir, that's Rebbe Meir's position. And the presumption is that the idea is to protect the child because if she were to remarry and what if she were to get pregnant and then she might not be able to continue nursing, right? And then what's going to happen from the second husband's protection or provision for the first child? So there's a few things I find interesting to hear and some of them we're not going to really talk about until we get to Mesachat Nida at the very end of our seven and a half years, right? But not the very end, but towards the end. Um, the The issue here is that the child is going to continue or presumed to continue to nurse until 24 months, which means that the child's not weaned until 24 months. And in the discussion of Nida, there's a, you know, kind of a given, you know, to what extent is a woman's menstrual cycle going to resume prior to the time of the child being weaned. And yet here there's a recognition that in fact the woman can get pregnant even if the child is still nursing. And we know nowadays, right, that certainly women who nurse may have may have lucked into some natural form of birth control, but also maybe not, depending on the body, depending on how often she nurses. There's a whole lot of variables. Um, Rabbi Yehuda says that she can get married after 18 months. She doesn't have to wait the full 24 months. Amar Rabbi Natan Bar Yosef, hein hein divrei beit shamai, hein hein divrei beit hillel. So this is also very interesting, right, that this these words, these and these words are the same as the statement of beit shamai, and those words are the same as the statement of beit hillel. This goes back to your dinner, what you were talking about before. Because they've each defined these terms, you know, the, the term of how long do you wait after a child's born before a mother could remarry. I will decide. I will I will be the voice of that's gonna determine this. Right, 
So Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel comes along and he says, you know, for those who say 24 months, really she can get married after 20 month, 21 months, because even if she's going to get pregnant for the first three months of that pregnancy, she's going to be able to continue to nurse like more, like she always has been thus far. And likewise, 18 months, she can get married at 15 months, because again, the milk is only going to become a problem or it says really will get spoiled because of the pregnancy only after three months. It's really not clear to me where Rabbi Shimon ben Gamaliel gets his, his math here. Yordana, do you have any insight into this? Uh, no, I mean, I think there is a, you know, piece of sort of, yeah, I don't totally get it. it it's it's not, I, look, they have 24 already floating around. Um, I, I'm not really sure where he gets this from. Right, but it's interesting, right? Meaning the fact, listen, the very fact that there's all this discussion of at what point will a pregnancy disrupt nursing? Or for, for that matter, I would say, at what point would pregnancy be possible despite nursing? The fact that there is a sense of this and whether it's going to be earlier or later is is almost quibbling, right? But the they have enough of a sense of the biology to recognize these different well, stages. Right. Well, this is what I would say. There is a thing called tandem nursing, which is when you nurse two children. And some of this can, and there are plenty of women who do nurse uh, throughout a pregnancy. Um, the issue is it's not a guarantee. For some people, it becomes an issue because the milk actually does start to taste different. And I've heard of cases where women sort of discovered that they were pregnant because their toddler or baby sort of rejected nursing and they realized something was different about the, about the milk. Um, and then you hear cases where, you know, it's particularly the, the piece that, that he's correct about is, is that sometimes this does become more of an issue in the second trimester because it sometimes it will lead to contractions or things like that. And people have been told to stop nursing because of that, um, because the uterus actually contracts when you nurse sometimes. So that can become an issue. So maybe that's a also in a world in a world of lesser nutrition, you know, to sustain two children, you know, a, an in utero child and an out of body child is also not as simple as it might as simple today. It might be easier because we have, you know, in the Western world anyway. Right. So I, I, to me, the three months is about that. To him, it's it's safe to do for the first trimester, but then after that, it would no longer be safe. So I, I think that's what he's referring to here. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us for views where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell, it was you, tell us what you think of this DAF. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 